0: Hello?
1: Oh, Stu, Stu, Stu. What's your motive? Billy's got one. The police are on their way. What are you going to tell them?
0: Peer pressure. I'm far too sensitive. I'm going to rip you up, you bitch! Just like your fucking mother! you
1: got to find me first, you pansy-ass mama's boy! Fuck! Oh <laughs> ah, fucking
0: hit me with the phone, dick! <laughs> oh, fucker, where are you? Ah! Ah!
1: You fuck! Ah! Did you really call the police? You're sorry, ass, I did. My mom and dad <laughs>
0: Sixteen was I'll be right back this year it's like um I don't even know yet I don't even know yet is- this
2: year it's being ambushed with cotton on your college campus oh my and trying god. to figure out what's going on with that
0: <laughs> oh my god that was so weird
1: look between the movie and the book people know the truth Let's get on with our lives. There's been enough exposure. Why would you want any more?
0: Why? Oh, I, I don't know, Sydney. I don't know. Uh, maybe because I fucking deserve a little exposure. <laughs> I mean, come on, Sydney, you dragged my name through the mud. Everybody thinks I'm some kind of psycho killer. And all I'm asking for is my little fucking Diane Sawyer interview to maybe get my side of the story straight. Now, I don't think I'm being uh, unreasonable in that request, Sydney. Do you honestly? I'm
1: sorry, Cotton, but no.
0: Mm-hmm. You' are sorry. Mm-hmm. I bet you're real sorry. Sir. You know, you know what the crazy shit is. I I wrote in my letterbox how, in the moment, watching Scream 2 like as a young as a young kid, like I wasn't even a man yet. Like I was, when Scream two came out, I was just this young ass kid. And so you don't, know, and also I never like pressure women to do anything. So like you see, kind of cotton. And you know, he's he's like well, yo, like just just relax or whatever. But watching it in twenty twenty and kind of knowing nonverbal cues are and like him whole this whole like talking over her and like trying to get loud and like, like yo, this guy's a fucking menace. Like <laughs> like I can I c I, I can't imagine, obviously, because I've never been in a position as a woman, but I really cannot imagine what, you know, what multiple women that have kind been in that position to feel like completely helpless by the man that's trying to over-talk them. The, the
2: right worst now. part is like, I, and I, I do mean this genuinely as like the worst part, is that all of the elements of it, the writing of it, the directing of it and Lee Friber's performance, I get it, I hate it, but I get it. And I also get why like Sydney, she says no, but you can tell she feels bad. And, like, then he gets really upset, and you get it, right? Because, like, it's these two conflicting, like, things at play. And so then when she says yes at the end, and he's like, I would never, like... The her, total like, lie! <laughs> well, right, but I don't, I don't know that it is. I think that he would have saved her regardless because being the hero is the better story. Because imagine... Like, think, think about the Hallmark Channels, unsolved, true crime, bullshit, bullshit, <laughs> television program, right? And imagine, like, from a accused murderer to hero. Like, that's such a solid narrative. Yeah. Like, he is such a good person that he saved the person who put him in prison from murder what a hero like i think that was always there in his mind but i think he was like "Mm, i want i want verbal confirmation of that interview please so he's an opportunist but he's not i don't think he's as evil as like i initially thought he was gonna be
0: well what about a happy medium he's he's an opportunistic asshole
2: i don't even get the sense that he was an asshole i got the sense that he just got kind of pigeonholed as this bad evil man who murdered somebody even though he didn't and then was having a hard time kind of shaking that label and he was drawn to desperation i suppose that does make him an asshole for what he does and how he treats people but at least it's justifiable narratively
0: i think it's an asshole if he had to even barter that even just the asking of it like that that kind of makes it an asshole. that's fair so uh, quite a predicament you're in six cotton I mean, she makes a good point. <laughs> Let me think about this. Maybe you should, too. Bet you that Diane Sawyer interview's looking real good right about now. Huh?
2: Consider it done.
0: Ah! weary. The the career arc of Cottonwood. You haven't watched three or four yet.
2: No, I think I, I will though, because I'm pretty sure I'm all in on Scream. I'm pretty sure Ghostface like might be my serial killer. You know how oh, there's shit. like, you know, people have their like slasher icons. Yeah. I like watching him fall over. I like watching Dale <laughs> Weathers get punched in the face. I like that his cloak has little sequins on it because he's feeling the fantasy. Like, I, I like him. He's okay.
0: I think the best thing that Wes Craven did was make Ghostface a believable killer. Like, yeah. very reality-based. A killer would get a 40-ounce bottle thrown in his balls and he would kill over for at least at least five to six seconds.
2: He would trip over a couch if he tried to change directions too fast in slidey shoes. <laughs> yes i'm so into it i'm so into watching him fuck up
0: i haven't watched three since the year it came out i watched it in the movies then i watched it like once on cable so i don't even remember the plot of three and i never watched four i I watched a trailer
2: for three what'd you think so the trailer is basically like they're on a film set and someone is killing the actors yeah but like it seems kind of sus like it seems like it's maybe supposed to be, like, a, like more like a snuff film than it is, like, a scripted horror movie. Yeah. I feel like the trailer may have kind of accidentally given away who at least one of the ghost faces are. I'm hoping it's wrong. Like, I'm hoping that's kind of a fake out.
0: Well, yeah, I would say it probably is. I haven't seen it in so long, I don't even remember who the killer is. So if we watch it, which I would be down for 2000 Oh, my God, I was... I was in like the eighth grade when this came out. Holy shit.
2: I think we're going to have to have a talk about these movies existing in a post Columbine world at some point.
0: Let's do it uh, now. Let's okay. It
2: now. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Malachi. And this is Alejandro. And you're sitting on the couch and your life is passing you by because you're not watching Insert Name Here. Catch us
1: Wednesdays at 8 p.m. on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you missed us, you can catch us on Friday on Spotify and Amazon.
2: Yeah, obvious nonsense gang gang. your podcast squad, you never take us down. So watching this is someone who grew up remembering the Virginia Tech massacre and like all this other stuff yeah. that was happening in middle and high schools and colleges across the country when I was a kid, I can't help but feel like this movie is really like, and this is not a dig at the movie itself, but I can understand why these movies kind of fell off of regular cable play because you watch a school administrator get murdered in their office. Yeah. You watch people celebrate when he is found hanging
0: from a goalpost.
2: Yeah. Yes.
0: They actually fill the scene for that It's the deleted scene.
2: Henry Winkler, no, (laughs) and and same with the second one where you're watching people get mowed down on a college campus. Yeah, I think that there is something to be said for the fact that America has gotten a lot more skittish around murder and in educational settings. Um, Yeah,
0: because right around the time when Teaching Mrs. Tingle came out, that actually there was actually going to be called Killing Mrs. Tingle. Yeah. And then they pivoted and changed the title. Cause in that like mid to late nineties period, you had the faculty, you had teaching Mrs. Tingle, you had Scream, but that was basically it. Then the kind of the pivot to American Pie, varsity blues, she's all that, like it pivoted right. kind of to that.
2: But like let's break down the first Scream movie, right? Yeah. Two kids are so obsessed with violent media that they make their own violent movie in real life. Yeah. Now let's take a look at Columbine. Notice any overlap?
0: How old are you when Columbine happened?
2: I think I was two or three, but I went to school in a post Columbine world.
0: I'm asking because even being sort of alive and a kid in school when that happened, that was I don't know if traumatized is overselling or underselling it. Like, but I remember that being a very big thing in our consciousness. Like it was very strange it was very tragic
2: and i also grew up in a world where like i remember the virginia tech shooting i remember where i was when i found out about sandy hook i remember the the one in florida i used to have more active shooter drills in high school than i did fire drills
0: jesus christ i and i had not a single one of those
2: so, for me, the idea of, like, I was watching Scream, and I was all in on Scream, and then it was like, oh, it was too... As soon as the kind of killer reveal started, I was like, oh, oh what a simpler time.
0: <laughs> when kids can't get away with murder. Uh,
2: well that's kind of it right i was like oh like it's still a horror movie but it's charming and the characters make sense and this of course this happens like this and and the police stop it and everything is fine and obviously there's a body count but nobody else has to die and then i was like i am i immediately see though how this probably fell out of fashion for a couple of years and i i did also notice that scream 2 which came out in 99 right
0: it came out 97.
2: Okay. did notice also that Scream 3, which I think might be the one that came out in 99, does not take place on a college campus. Oh, 2000. Okay, yeah, there we go. Yeah, they all
0: grad. Well, she graduated. They all are in graves.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, as a, as a family, we tend to have Crossing Jordan on a lot in the house because it's just on cable a lot, which means I, I see Jerry McConnell like every day of my life. Jeez. Is that his name?
0: Yeah. Mick Connell. Mick Connell is Jerry J- O'Connell.
2: Oh, yeah, him. Okay.
0: Are you thinking of Mitch?
2: <laughs> I I don't know. The, the, the Connor boy.
0: Yeah, basically. Wa-
2: watching him get violently murdered after doing a full musical number?
0: I mean, hey.
2: Clutch. I was like, yeah, sacrifice him. Make him bleed. Yes. Like, I really liked these movies. I think I touched a little bit on, like, I don't think the Cabin in the Woods movie could exist without this. Yeah. But I also think that it holds up really well.
0: Yeah. It's exceptionally made. Yes.
2: And, like, I was familiar with a lot of the iconography of the Drew Barrymore scene, but I didn't realize that was, like, a cold open of this movie. Hello. Hello.
1: Yes. Who is this? Mm, who are you trying to reach? What number is this? What number are you trying to reach? I don't know. Well, I think you have the wrong number. Do I? It happens. Take it easy. It was very have...
0: shocking and in, in to experience it. So, the
2: biggest star on the bill.
0: Yeah, like she gets equal billing. She gets top billing. She's on the she's on the movie poster. She's in the commercials. So I was like, okay, e- even if you think from the commercials that she's gonna die or whatever. You don't think it's in seven minutes of the right. whole
2: movie. And I also thought it was scary, it was funny, but, it, like, the first seven minutes is harrowing as shit.
1: Listen, asshole! No, you listen, you little bitch! You hang up on me again, I'll gut you like a fish, understand? <sighs> yeah. Is some kind of joke? More of a game, really
2: her parents hear her get murdered on the phone yeah i would feel remiss if i didn't just like give all of the credit in the world to is her name uh nev nev campbell
0: nev campbell yes okay
2: (laughs) i think she is amazing yes and i do not think that this series would work without her at all
0: correct I, i definitely agree with that
2: She's got this really good emotional range, but she also is a very believable teenager, even a teenager with this kind of stunted growth because of this trauma that's happened to her. Yeah. Her dad is overprotective while still being realistic, and her friends are really solid. Yeah. I love randy because i realized in my adult life that that was definitely me <laughs>
0: Hilarious. Uh, randy was actually me as well <laughs> that's not
2: and, and look at us now
0: look at us now yes we are the the 2k20 versions of randy yes
1: definitely yeah and why can't they find their pops man because he's probably dead his body will come popping up in the last reel somewhere. Eyes gouged out, fingers cut off, teeth knocked out. See, the police are yeah. always off track with this shit. If they watch prom night, they'd save time. There's a formula to it, a very simple formula. Everybody's a suspect. I'm telling you, the dad's a red herring. It's Billy.
0: You know, it's funny to even kind of touch on the idea of uh, scream not existing in a post Columbine world particularly the first movie I legit don't think and I can't recall any movie horror movies of the 90s where the teenagers were the actual killers yeah I'm pretty sure this is like one of the only ones to exist at that time and with Columbine like you can't really have that again
2: no and I I think Scream 2 would have a similar issue uh if it were to kind of come out in a timeline similar time because of Virginia Tech and other things as well, where it was a student at that university, it's not a good look when your villain literally looks at the camera and says, I'm going to use violent videos and like whatever as my defense. It's never been tried before. It's like so
0: smart. I'm really happy. <laughs> like it's it's inherently awful that there are people that Think that way and can potentially get away with that type of thinking, but it's really genius for what's craving to actually include that.
2: Except okay. now it's kind of too real.
0: Oh yeah, I I love Timothy Oliphant. I do think he he is trying to do the Matthew Little impression in Scream Two when it goes off the rails.
2: To me, it read a lot more like he was trying to do Norman Bates. I I felt like he was trying to go like iconic movie killer one bolt not loose because he was doing the thing with his arm like norman bates does like there's a lot of i was like okay i get it you've seen psycho (laughs) like at the same time i totally get it though because he's this like tarantino fuck boy so he's like oh i've seen this piece of cinema and this is what a murderer is like so i must be a murderer like this and excuse me sir
0: but like well hold on we we gotta have the conversation since it pivoted so who who do you like better timothy oliphant into or matthew lillard one i i know what i'm riding with i'm riding with the og i got to
2: i got i i think i am too i kind of felt like in in a positive way i needed a shower after scream one Like, uh, hear me out, though. The idea that, like, this guy would really subtly kind of neg and pressure his girlfriend to have sex with him just so he could justify murdering her. Yeah. Like, that is, like, this next level of horrid. And, like, now what is Mickey's thing? He is a true crime podcaster with one (laughs) screw loose who happened to meet somebody. Who could give good direction? Yeah, it's interesting, and I like I like that, and I like the idea that he's like I have this airtight defense, and like da 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 da, and like I like the idea of like the the person who's like always wondered how they would get away with it, finally getting their opportunity to get away with it. Yeah, you know, I think that's a, a really cool idea, and I also like the idea of this like guiding mother sensei. Wait, this whole thing is a total takeoff on Psycho, isn't it?
0: She's the mother. Whoa. Yeah.
2: She's the jealous controlling mother who won't hear a word against her son.
0: Oh, shit, you... I think you're and, you're and onto she kind it. of
2: adopts Timothy Oliphant.
0: Yeah. To like a...
2: stand in for her, her beautiful dead boy. It's it's an inverse psycho. It's like if the mom hadn't died, but Norman had, and the mom was pretending to be Norman. Yeah. Wow. I just yeah. blew this movie wide open. Um <laughs>
0: Oh shit. I think are that
2: they, just made me like it
0: significantly more. like these are the thought behind these movies is incredibly impressive. like
2: yeah, there's one thing in the first psycho, or not sorry, for the first scream, excuse me, now I'm all jumbled that I really didn't care for, and that was when she talks into the voice changer. yeah, it does not sound like the voice on the phone.
0: Do you mean when she was not on the phone, when she was just like holding it up? Yeah. They they basically dubbed what the audio would have been slightly and put her vocals underneath it. So it's like this, it's like Bane multiplied with a right. young woman's voice. So it, it would sound off.
2: I, I don't buy then that the mom would sound the same and that I'm Timothy Oliphant true. would sound the same. Like- there was just a moment where I was like, okay, if we're committing to this being like a magical voice sexifier, can you please make it consistent?
0: Well, I think, yeah, that's a bit of movie magic, movie magicking, But right. I think just for the but consistency. make the magic.
2: Smooth the magic across the whole concept. Apply the magic evenly.
0: But if you can't, I think from their perspective, if you have like, in in effect it would then be four different voices over the two movies. So right. that would that would no, indicate I, it's more than one killer.
2: I'm saying when Niamh talks Nev talks into it when she picks it up, like in the first one. Yeah. Make it just sound like the phone voice. Like completely. I don't care if it's not the truth. <laughs> make it consistent.
0: I think just realistically it's it's probably cause it's not directly in the phone. They're doing the multiple voices. But I I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, though. Did you ever read what I wrote about Scream 2 on my letterbox? To me, kind of the thing in Scream 2 that stood out was the continuing of the meta that Wes Craven sort of comments on. But what definitely stood out to me was... How in *Scream* two, the two most reasonable characters happen to be black women, and then they both got murdered for being reasonable. Mm-hmm. So, like, you have Maureen played by Jada Pinkett, who is
2: amazing, by the way.
0: Yeah, she, she is a,
2: beautiful. Her performance is amazing.
0: Yeah, and the funny thing is, like, even the first time I watched it, all those years ago, you didn't think they were going to do the Drew Barrymore thing again, but then they totally did it again, and it's like. Maureen's definitely having commentary on how the horror movie sort of excludes the black experience. She's pointing out like the inherent flaws of horror movies of how the, the woman character has to be oblivious just so she can end up getting murdered. You know, Mm. she, she's making all these sort of reasonable points and she gets murdered. And it is kind of from, from a black perspective, it is kind of jarring that she's clearly hurt. She's clearly stabbed. And then she's in a room full of white people that seemingly don't do anything once they found out she is stabbed. And then when they actually confirm that she is bleeding to death, no one kind of rushes to save her. They just let her die. So that, that was definitely jarring. And for Nev Campbell's friend, she's like the only person that is really concerned about Sydney's well-being, like everyone in the movie is trying to use her for like these different sort of things. Like worry is trying to use her to get his his book deal or whatever. Even her boyfriend is basically acting sort of out of selfishness to where Sydney is legit asking for space because he is overbearing and, and overcrowding her, and he can't even really respect her enough to kind of do that for the most. And also, part.
2: like she is actually worried about him being targeted. Yeah. Like and, she she is genuinely trying to protect him. And, and he pulls and, out a song from Top Gun. Like <laughs> he pulls out a like I am the machoist man reference that he can think of to prove yeah. he can he's not overbearing and he can handle it.
0: Yeah. And also she's and also she's trying to protect herself. Like my last boyfriend was a serial murderer who convinced me that he wasn't. I need some space because I'm very triggered right now. He he couldn't even really do that for her. Yeah. Um, and so her friend is the only person that's, like, continually, like, you know, you're wild, depressed. We need to talk about this. We, you need to do something to at least attempt to break out of this depression. And she never does. And in the movie, when she's trying to escape with Nev, like, Nev sort of gives into her just her compulsiveness of wanting to know who the killer is when they have an opportunity to kind of flee and save their lives nev stays which forces Mm -hmm. her to stay and then she dies because in the moment she suggested to do the most rational thing it was not accepted and then she kind of died for it yeah so i think seeing those two deaths like really affected me more than a lot of other people in this movie and actually i think even in the original movie because it's sort of like You know, black folks been telling y'all this shit and no one's listening. And then we're getting blown away because, you know, no one's like hearing our voices or whatever. And I kind of wrote if Wes Craven and then the writer of the movie, if they actually sort of were cognizant of that. And I think they were. Like, I legit think they were, which it sucks. That's kind of reality. But at the same time, like, I think for the layers of metal on top of meta. it's no accident that they happen to get clapped and they happen to be black woman.
2: Yeah, oh no. And like, that's a, a fairly common trope in horror films as well. Yeah. And then to follow that up with like, Hallie makes it a long time. Yeah. That said, I am so angry that they actually killed Randy. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> Now, hear hear me out. Speed irrational. He's a th- he's on the power ranker irrational thinkers. He's number three. Right, Probably and the, number two.
2: The thing is, like, I think that he was really a guiding light for both of these movies, and I'll be interested to see how three deals with his absence. But part I, of what I liked about Scream Two and Scream One is that they feel like horror mysteries. And that is largely due to Randy.
1: How did we find the killer, Randy? That's what I want to know. Oh, let's look at the suspects. There's Derek, the obvious boyfriend. Hello, Billy Loomis. The guy's pre-madness. Pity me, surface wound conveniently missed every major vein and artery. So you think it's Derek? Not so fast. Let's assume the killer or Erz, has a half a brain. He's not a Nick at Night rerun type of guy. He wants to break some new ground, right? Right. So forget the boyfriend, it's tired. Who else do we got? There's Mickey, the freaky Tarantino film student. But if he's a suspect, so am I. So let's move on.
0: He's the one pointing out the clues. He's the one kind of coming up with sort of logical, actual hypotheses for the killers and stuff.
2: He is kind of our, the audience voice in a lot of ways too. Yeah. But for some of the audience. So I think that Sydney is the voice of the people who go to horror movies to get scared. And Randy is the voice of people like us more like the critical side of the, the, the spectrum or what are they going to do? That's new. It's
1: folks.
2: sort of like,
0: it's sort of like uh, people when they watch professional wrestling, like it's like adults who, who watch it only for the not even for really the thrill anymore, just to see if the storylines would be good. To see if it makes sense and it's congruent. So, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think that
0: that's worth considering. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. When I first saw the second movie, I thought it would be really wild if he was the killer. That would have been so wild.
2: Yeah. And
0: in a lot of ways, it, kind of, it maybe they it could have made it make sense. It would have been really messy. But I think maybe a list director probably kind of goes that route.
2: I think I'm kind of happy that he wasn't, though. And, like, again... Oh, yeah, me too. I feel like I. it probably sounds like I like this character a lot, but, like, I genuinely do, and I genuinely like him as a device for these movies. Yeah. I think that he is such a good, weird, cynical, kind of freaky audience stand-in where even she's like, dude, can't you see there's, like, something up? And he's like, it happens all the time. This has nothing to do with it. Like, It's kind of like how people deal with horror movies. Yeah. Like, on the one hand, we have the, the Jada Pickett-Smiths of the world that are like, no, why? Yes. And then on the other hand, we have Randy that's like, it happens all the time, every day. You know, why does it matter? And, yeah. like, those are both legit and screwed up and interesting. Yeah. Also... I'm sorry.
0: This morning, I woke up with this feeling. I
1: didn't know how to deal with.
2: Jerry O'Connell.
1: And so I just decided to myself.
2: That scene of him singing.
1: I'd hide it to myself.
2: And what is he doing?
1: To, Tom Cruise, Top Gun, Dan 1986. Derek, do
2: That scene. Did not need to be that long.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I died of cringe 30 seconds in. My soul yeah. rejoined with my body, and at the two minute mark, I died again.
0: Yeah, one of the cops should have shot him kneecaps in the gaps. Right!
2: Like, honestly. Or she should have just said yes to get him to shut up. Like, I don't really.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a tough thing.
2: Like, scene. what? In a two hour movie.
0: Yeah, I mean
2: that was a non a non insignificant amount of runtime.
0: I yeah. want to make you happy and if you say hey, go away So we kinda we talked a lot about two. Let's talk about the OG for a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I I, mean, I talked about Matthew Lillard and him being the god in that movie. So is Randy or Stu your favorite character from the OG?
2: It's Tatum. Really? Yeah. It's Tatum and also Gail Weathers getting punched in the face.
0: <laughs> Why are you riding for Tatum?
2: Uh, so first of all, I think that she is a really good, really realistic high school friend.
0: Yes, I agree.
2: She is trying really hard, but she's a teenager. She doesn't have her full kind of emotional deck. Yeah. But she goes to bat for Sid again and again to the point where... She, you know, loans her clothes so they can go to this thing. She comes over as soon as soccer practice is over. She, you know, rents movies for them to, like, watch. Like, she understands why Sydney is scared and she never judges her for being scared. She just offers to come over. Yeah. And, like, I ride for that. Like, I'm I'm here for that. I'm, I support this post. Like, I <laughs> think that, but even though sometimes she's kind of busy, like, trying to make out with, Matthew Lillard or whatever. That's being a teenager. Like, yeah. she, she's not a shallow, shitty friend. She's not the best Mother Teresa-esque part. She's a full-ass teenager.
0: Yeah. She's a teenage girl who fucks in as a good friend. Yeah. So, sounds pretty cool.
2: I feel like the narrative doesn't judge her, except in the self-aware way that it makes judgments on every character because they are making fun of that trope yeah also she puts up a pretty decent fight
0: yeah yeah she she, she hung in there when she live. could <laughs> yes Tatum did want to live I was very sad to see her go yes kind of going back to the um the idea of the sort of teenagers being the killers I even remember you know the the double killers thing of the time being like very surprising when you first watch Scream, so what was kind of your thoughts on the killer reveal did you guess who the killers were or what were your kind of thoughts on, on the whole killer thing
2: i was so convinced it was the boyfriend until we saw the boyfriend get stabbed
0: yeah that's that's happened to everyone too. <laughs> and,
2: but even still there was part of me that's like like this would be bananas but like is this all just an elaborate prank that everyone at school decided to play on Sidney? Like I had a moment where I was like,
0: (laughs) elaborate death.
2: Right. Are they like trying to goad her into killing herself? Like, is that actually what this is? Like (laughs) I was right. And like, I have a feeling if like scream were made today, it would probably end up in this like weird mental hereditary esque cult commentary. Thing about social media, probably like you know
0: cyberbullying. Yeah, something exactly.
2: Like, that. like I, I'm glad it's not that. I'm glad it's not the ring, but Instagram.
0: Um, you, someone's gonna do the ring, but Instagram one day,
2: which I think could be done really well. But like, I
0: no, it can't be done right.
2: <laughs> the haunted app.
0: You go I, to the I mean, app store. <laughs>
2: They already did. They did one that was an app that would tell you when you were gonna die, which was hilarious. Um, Oh my god! I honestly didn't expect Matthew Lillard because, first of all, in my heart of hearts, he is Shaggy from the (laughs) live-action Scooby-Doo movies. Like that is who he is to me. He is like that nice boy. (laughs) Yeah. And then because the dad was gone. Yeah. I was like, oh, did the dad just like have a breakdown? And, like, realized that no one who was meant to be, like, watching out for his little girl was doing a good enough job. Yeah. Because he was weirdly overprotective in the beginning. Is this him trying to, like, reassert his control over his daughter's life? Which would have been really interesting. But, like, I'm glad that's not the route they took because that's, I think, a much more, like, I don't want to say serious horror movie, but, like, I think that's a much more serious horror movie that would have to delve a lot more into, like, psychological trauma. Yeah. Which we did not have time with. Like,
0: <laughs> nope.
2: And then there was also a part of me that was like, it just seems really convenient how close by Dewey always is.
0: Yeah. The first time I watched Scream, I thought Dewey was the killer.
2: I didn't know if he was the killer, but I'm like... I feel like he's got to know something.
0: It it was a scene in his house when, Dewey, why can't you answer the phone? Like, what are you doing? Not answering the, like, they're knocking on your door to get the phone. Like, where where are you right now? So, yeah.
2: Yeah. But I also, again, Dewey is a character that I really like.
0: Yeah, sweet guy.
2: And I hoped it wasn't him. Now, that said, in the second movie, I 250% was like, it's Gale. Fuck her. Um.
0: (laughs) Damn, nobody likes Gail.
2: By the end of the second movie, I do feel like she's learned some actual lessons about how to be a human being and not just like a content manufacturing machine. (laughs) And I feel like maybe, like, if that continues in three, I would probably like her a bit more. But it seemed like she was starting to learn that lesson in one, and then at the beginning of two, she was even worse than she had started in one. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, oh, okay. Like, but we've (laughs) been on this, this character arc already. Yeah. But then they kind of escalated it by her actually, like, falling in love with Dewey. The performance she gives when she thinks he's dying. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, <laughs> especially because most of it is muted, yeah. because of that sound wall. Which amazing choice, by the way. I don't know if that was written into the script or it just a choice that Wes Craven made. But regardless, uh, it, it has been amazing. It has um, so just watching her like mutely like screaming and you know exactly how she's screaming and you know how it feels in her tonsil and like all right gail can stay (laughs) but i did cheer both times she got punched in the face
0: jesus everyone did (laughs) so in in your grading of the movies you actually did basically what i did so and scream one, you gave that four stars. I gave scream one four and a half stars, but in scream two, you gave it three stars, and I gave scream two three and a half stars. Yeah. So, so we 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 like both movies a lot, but from my perspective, for giving it less, the one less star, even though I do think the performances and the characters and the menace was still really up there, for me, I just don't think there was enough kind of separation between the two movies. Maybe I should count it better because it's still continuity, but I just feel like there wasn't enough sort of separation between the two movies to warrant it to be on the same level or to be to be better. Because a lot of people consider the second one better than the first one. I'm not one of those people, but I can kind of see the argument for the continuity of it, but I just think it was I think it was too sort of similar in what it would wanted to do between the first movie and then there was it wasn't like they weren't really improving upon anything. They were basically continuing the sort of train.
2: Hmm. That's interesting. And I'm kind of I kind of feel that. At the same time for me, I just felt like I wanted more development out of the surviving team if there are surviving team. You know, like I feel like Randy got a lot of development, Hallie got a lot of development, even the boyfriend got a decent amount of development, and they all died. <laughs> oh, her um got Sydney a has friend. a little bit a little bit of development. Gail has a little bit of development, but really it's just an escalation of the same development she had from the last movie that didn't stick. And Dewey didn't get anything.
0: Dewey actually... is
2: the same.
0: I would actually argue the biggest sort of scene that Sydney has in the second movie is when she's talking to a professor and the professor's trying to give her the speech about basically overcoming your fears. Mm-hmm. And that just meant murdering someone who was trying to murder you. Which in she's already done. Yeah, it's, it's in self-defense, but it's still like, you know, kill a motherfucker before he kills you. And it's like, oh yeah, you did this a couple of years ago, Sid. Like, you can do it again. Like, there's, there wasn't very much to that.
2: I guess for me it was more like she has some moments of like emotional vulnerability that I feel like she didn't have in the same way in the last one. If that makes sense. Like, that's what I mean when I say she had like a little development It's like, I feel like she came out of her shell a little bit and was immediately punished for that by all of her <laughs> friends being murdered. And also Sarah Michelle Geller. So if those are our surviving team members, I don't care about them really like, I yeah. care about Nev because the first movie did such a good job of making me care about Nev. Yeah. But the new movie didn't really add to that. Yeah. It's Same with Dewey. And then Gale I kind of care about, but I also, like, don't feel like it's going to stick because it didn't stick last time. Yeah. So I guess that's my big problem with 2 is that I think in some ways it's really good that it feels, like, continuous because I feel like a lot of horror movies – are so disjointed in their sequels. Yeah. However, like, this is my team now? Really?
0: Any last thoughts of what you want to have on screen?
2: Especially to the friends my age, because I know they exist who haven't seen it.
0: Really? So you know young people that have not fucked with, well, not watched screen? Yeah. That's surprising.
2: It's fucking watch it,
0: bro. Like
2: it's it's really <laughs> good it's worth watching it's a surprisingly poignant portrait of psychological trauma from every angle of that
1: what makes me want to get close to someone and snuggle fear salutations i'm Melisette, and on a frightful fret with Melisset, i read classic horror stories combining audiobooks and audio drama into a podcast Come away with me into the darkness and let me make your ears tingle with a sensation of terror. A frightful fret with Melisette, available everywhere podcasts are, and find us at ourfrightfulfret.net. dot net. Don't forget. Well, I, don't
2: I guess I guess it's time to talk about Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you sound so disappointed. <laughs> why the look on your face right now you look like you look like someone just taxed you a bill for like five hundred dollars because you have to talk about nightmare on elm street now
2: i think that for so long nightmare on elm street was presented to me as a creative horror masterpiece that by the time i actually got to it i was like y'all were talking about this (laughs)
0: To be fair. <laughs> like it's
2: fine. Oh, hi person I don't feel comfortable talking about anymore given the present climate surrounding his uh libel case in a crop top. Oh, goodbye person, we shouldn't talk about anymore due to his libel case in a crop top. Um oh,
0: shit. <laughs> God damn. Like oh, I yeah.
2: I will just say the one thing I noticed with these movies is that Wes Craven likes his strong leads. Yeah. I applaud him for being a girl power filmmaker and, and for making real feeling female characters. I thought he did a very nice job with that. Yeah. But what did I watch? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I can, I just like try to recap this and just make sure I didn't like, miss anything because i wasn't even like under the influence of substances but i am
0: confused i love cat watching movies that are definitely affected by 80s cocaine yes please sum this up
2: okay so there's like four friends Yes. and there's two boys and two girls and they all like
0: well two of them are boning the other two two are like yeah
2: Maybe uh, could in yeah, the future, uh, like it's it's yeah. implied that there's like some some mutual interesante
0: well, Donny Jepp, he's more interested than the girl, but yeah,
2: yeah, but she's like i
0: she's she not close to, to it yeah she's 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 not closed off to it, but she's not throwing out the vibe. she's
2: not there yet, and so the the two youth bone at a sleepover. And then the girl gets, like, ripped in half in the ceiling mm-hmm. by Mr. Mittens with the knife hands. And then the boy gets arrested because he wears a leather jacket and has sex.
0: And he's Mexican. Uh, yes.
2: Yes. <laughs> uh, Which is a a plot point they steal wholesale in scary stories to tell in the dark. So, you know, that's fun. But then, okay, so he goes to jail. And then the girl has a really scary nightmare. The not dead girl. Yeah. And it's a guy. And he's got a sweater. And he has his mitten with his knife hands. And she's like, oh, no, I can never sleep again. And she stays then, like, awake
0: for a whole week, yeah.
2: Right, except that the uh, except for, like she falls asleep in the bath, and there's that iconography of the hand uh, whatever. Uh, it's, it's a metaphor for sex, anyway. Um, and somehow the guy in prison, I guess, hasn't slept in a whole week because it's only an issue when the plot remembers it's an issue five days later, roughly. And the mom is like, what the hell is wrong with you, my child? And she's like, I've met this man in my nightmares, and he's got a mitten made of knives, and he wears a stupid hat. I stole it from my dream, and he writes his name in everything he owns, and his name is Fred Mom. And her mom's like, okay, uh, go to school. I don't want to talk about this right now. Let me have
0: another drink, please.
2: Yeah, let me have a vodka Xanax cocktail, and then maybe we can chat about this. And then the daughter's like, his name is Fred, mother. And like, he wants to kill me. And she's like, no, no, no. Freddy Krueger was the local pedophile that me and a bunch of our friends and neighbors murdered. (laughs) And I keep his glove in the furnace.
0: Where else would you keep on murdering? Here is the a, a murder A piece of mitten. evidence. A piece of evidence in crimes.
2: Here is the murder mitten. See, there's not even a hand in it. He's dead. And she's like, right. But, like, he has transcended to the dream realm. And That's is killing all my friends. And she's like, ha, ha, ha. Kids say the darndest things. Then the the prison boy gets killed, and then Crop Top Magoo gets killed in an amazing blood geyser. I was very into the blood geyser. (laughs) And then they, like, have a confrontation, and she, like, tries to bring him out of the dream by setting an alarm clock. Cool. And then her dad is a cop, but he's, like, a dick, so he doesn't believe her. But then he kills the mom, like the Freddie kills the mom. So like maybe he believes her now, and she like gets sucked into the mattress, which was fucking weird. And honestly, the least visually interesting of the kills. Um, really <laughs> the, felt like a de-escalation.
0: The shot of Freddie on the bed on fire was used in like promos on the, on the back. I vividly yeah. remember that being on the back of the VCR. yeah uh, one of yeah. the small pictures on there.
2: And then they were like, we killed him, we lit him on fire again, which didn't work the first time, but whatever. And then the mom's alive because reasons, and all the other friends are alive because reasons. And as soon as I saw that the mom was alive, I was like, oh, fuck no. Is this how we're trying to redeem this whole boondoggle? Like, and then the friends pulled up and I was just like. Hi, everybody. Leave this fog. Oh, I believe anything is possible.
0: <laughs> Bye. looking good, girl.
2: Hey! Oh.
1: What's uh, <laughs> going on? Hey. hey, I'm not doing this. Glenn, i it down. I'm not doing this. What's going on with the window? No! Mother! 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 What's going on, girl?
0: everything's perfect what are you talking about everyone's alive and then
2: the the car starts malfunctioning while the mom is like very audio animatronic like i can only move my elbow joint waving and then the roof goes up on the convertible and surprise it's freddy krueger's sweater stripes and then the mom's mannequin legs disappear in a hole in the door and there's like a laugh and roll credits
0: it was excellent. This is an excellent movie. This is very well done.
2: <laughs> First of all, the fact that You Make My Dreams Come True by Hall and Oates was not the credits <laughs> song is a huge mistake.
0: They probably couldn't get the rights. They, they barely had enough money to make this movie. Well, because
2: apparently the studio made him do like four endings.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then they picked the one they all hated the least. I mean... Which is...
0: Well, actually, my
2: my understanding is that the other endings were everyone's, like, favorite and least favorites, and this was the one that, like, due to ranked choice voting was, like, the most fine.
0: The electoral college just...
2: (laughs) Strikes again.
0: So, uh, you never... And you never seen any other, other... Okay,
2: so, I have seen parts of I think it's three. It might be four where he gets the like needle fingers and kills that like goth junkie girl.
0: I think that was three. I think I was Um, three.
2: Because I did a shoot where I was helping a friend of mine who was cosplaying Freddy Krueger by being the hot junkie girl. Okay. And like, I'm familiar with him as like a, a staple of the slasher genre. But, like, I had never seen Nightmare on Elm Street. Apparently, the second one is very gay, which, like, makes me inclined oh, to check it out. Yo,
0: <laughs> that is mad gay. <laughs> <laughs> it's Because it's, the flaming is, the homoeroticism of that movie is off the charts. And then, apparently, no one on set knew that. The lead actor was actually gay in real life. Like it's so. Oh, wild. he
2: was a surprise
0: gay. It was yo. Know, oh my god. Number two is just fucking wild for no reason. But so I and I love this part. I love Marcus explains the cocaine eighties to Cat. I I think this may be my, one of my favorite segments of this of this podcast. So
2: I feel like I should get another drink.
0: <laughs> like I, contextually. I do think that, hilarious. <laughs> Contextually, I do think that the making of the film for the budget and everyone involved, I do think that the creation of it was was a feat. The story itself and the acting itself, not a feat at all. <laughs> like, Because the funny thing is, even the ending, you can just make the argument that she never brought she actually never brought freddy out of the dream he manifested her to imagine that he initially died and then when she opens the door that's him getting his kill off or whatever but and and then if that were the case she's dead but she's in like multiple sequels and then she's brought back for grave is a new nightmare my
2: question I guess and and pardon me if this is if this makes me sound like a simpleton but it's clear to me that they were trying to go for like a kind of ominous ending right yeah now imagine it's her and the dad walking out of the bedroom right and you just hear like the like tinkling of his knives on the floor and that could just be that like his body is being burned and leather doesn't really burn so it's the glove settling or and then credits instead of this weird goofy whatever like i didn't really buy into the like central premise of this movie all the way i got like two-thirds in i was like okay i see what you're doing i'm interested West Craven, I know you are a smart man. Entertain me. And then the end happened, and I was like, what? It took all the goodwill that I had and lit it on fire under my mattress and then was like, ugh, and spat on it. I'm sorry. What the fuck were those mannequin legs? All of the effects had been so good up until then.
0: I don't think new improved technology has done it <laughs> the service to 80s movies at all. It look yeah, I I vividly remember the first time I saw that. I think the first time I ever saw A Nightmare on Street may have been like like 91 or like 92 or some shit like that. And I remember vividly that being very scary. But then when I was an adult watching it on YouTube and s- slowing it down. <laughs> To see the mannequin body, it was so great. It's so terrible, so great. And also, if we fully acknowledge that the ending was by committee, and then it wasn't Wes's actual choice.
2: Well, he wanted a happy ending.
0: Yeah, and And does that
2: mean all the friends are a lot? Like, what does that mean?
0: No, I, I, I just think the happy ending is like she survived, and like that was it. Like everyone's still dead. But then she at least lives.
2: Okay, so follow-up possibly dumb question. Because I did watch this on Amazon in, like, a group watch with friends. So it's not impossible that someone was talking over it. They don't ever say out loud, if you die in the dream, you die in real life.
0: Do they? They don't say it, but, I mean, it's just it's evident. Well, so, yeah, like,
2: I, I get that, but, like at least the first two deaths i would say it is real confusing cuz you is don't it? see kinda what the hell happens to the first girl that, like i was she like got, oh satan
0: like she got clawed in her chest by the demons like we don't know <laughs> so, she's clawed in she the she has dream. had
2: sex who knows
0: she's clawed in the dream and if she's clawed in the dream and so it visibly rips her chest open she's dangling from the ceiling because Freddie it's elevator, and she bleeds out and she dies like that you don't buy it
2: i just something was missing and if you paid me a million dollars to say what i don't know that i could tell you but this did not land for me at all. and like, I see all the ideas. I think all the ideas are good. I think the Freddy character, I mean, the character, character, I'm putting in air quotes for those of you at home, I don't know anything about him. I feel like we end up learning the most about the mom oh, because no. she's like local alcoholic slash pedophile hunter. Actually, but then was, that's like never
0: mentioned again. It's very weird. I was on. I was on to mention that also. So, the the description it says that he's a pedophile. In the movie, when they describe him, he's described as a child murderer. So they don't really. In this movie, I didn't even catch where they actually admit he was I, an actual pedophile.
2: The way they said it, I think they said that like, he he was a child murderer who liked to touch like something. There was some like. They don't say the they don't say the pedophile word. But like no,
0: they don't say it at all. Because like, in in the basement when she's actually getting the the, the old glove out.
2: The like, murder mitten?
0: Yeah, like he like she just says Freddie was a child murderer who killed over twenty kids. So there's not even a Jesus real admission.
2: Yeah. It's
0: what not, did
2: his calendar look like? I mean,
0: he he was a he was a it oh, janitor. it's Wednesday
2: at eleven thirty. I'm so sorry to leave you hanging, but I gotta go murder the Williams boy.
0: I mean, hey man, duty calls. <laughs> duty calls. Like it's the ending by committee was just cocaine eighties. We just need to land this plane. Let's land the plane. Let's leave this. Are you making a flight joke? No. What
2: do you mean? Like no. the movie Flight?
0: No, I'm not making a joke. No, not at the expense of the movie. No, at least
2: because I was like, if you are amazing, take
0: so you said two thirds of the movie, you don't really buy, right?
2: I enjoyed it enough, but it wasn't silly enough that I would watch it again for that, and it wasn't scary enough that I would watch it again for that, and it wasn't story driven enough that I'd watch it again for that
0: so say to say you'll never be watching this movie again
2: i would throw it on at like a halloween party you know if people are kind of drifting in and out of a room because it's got good iconography it's got good kills i feel like watching it with a group of people where everybody's like what like that would be fun but like i don't think i'm ever gonna sit down and like pour myself a glass of red wine and make myself some popcorn and be like wow i want to watch a nightmare on elm street like that no Hilarious. I'd watch Scream again. I'd watch Scream Two again, and I didn't even like Scream Two that much. I'd uh, I'd watch the original Halloween, which I really don't think I liked very much. I would watch <laughs> the New Halloween. I would watch Creature from the Black Lagoon. Like it just, it doesn't, it doesn't do enough for me.
0: You know what? I I would watch I,
2: Friday the Thirteenth. Like hell.
0: <laughs> I think I figured out your box reviewing. I think when you give something. Three and a half stars, you're acknowledging that it's a good movie and that you actually like it, but I think if you get something at three, you acknowledge maybe culturally you understand why it's significant, but you don't like it i think I think that's, that's the benchmark
2: that's kind of it uh there are some threes that I really like, though, and that's usually when I acknowledge that they're bad, but I like them anyway. so my three is kind of either i see it but it's not for me or no one else sees it i think this is just for me (laughs) you know what i mean
0: yeah so i gave i gave nightmare a four just just from the production aspect of it i think it's it's pretty a marvel yeah the story of it is just the acting is fucking terrible
2: See, that's, for me, like, it gets the three for the effects. It gets the three for, like, there are a lot of moments that I like, but I don't think they string together very well. Crop Top Bull, I think, gives the best performance in this movie. And even then, Crop Top, well, except for Robert England, of course, which, like, he's great. He's very nice. I've yeah, chatted with him at Comic-Con, that. and I didn't know who he was is. Yes. No way,
0: really?
1: He doesn't look like that in real life? Well,
0: for his sake, thank God. Um.
1: Follow Kat at Cat underscore Chinetti on Twitter, Twitch and Instagram. Follow Marcus at Show and Mad Love. S-H-O-W-I-N M-A-D-L-O-V on Twitter and Instagram. Follow the show on Twitter at cat and mark and join our we should do this again sometime facebook group read us at tumblr.com and the mark rob themarcro wordpress.com this podcast is executive produced by kellen conley and eric greenley thanks for listening we should do this again sometime
0: this is a hyphen podcast production.
1: Are you not entertained?